You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hey everyone, welcome back to Ice Cold Takes with the Boys in Blue. Today we have a special interview with Eric Ciccolini, the Rangers' seventh round draft pick last season. Afterwards, we'll read some tweets and talk a little bit about the start of Vitaly Kravtsov's season in the KHL. Without further ado, here's the interview. We hope you guys enjoy. Today we're joined by the New York Rangers' 2019 seventh round pick, Eric Ciccolini. Super excited to have you on today, Eric. How are you doing? Good, and you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're doing great. It's, we're super, super excited to have you on. Yeah, so let's just dive in a couple questions. So I know um, uh, everyone's probably asking you this. COVID's affected a lot of things um, going into next season. Um, but how you been training? How you been keeping up, keeping yourself in shape uh, during quarantine? And how are you gearing up for next season? Yeah, I've been at so I've been at school since like August. So we've been training like five times a week, six times a week on the ice and in the gym. So we're trying to stay in shape as much as we can. We don't know like. When we're playing, our season just got, like, delayed again this week. So, we're just trying to stay in shape and then see what happens when they announce something. Yeah, I got you. I saw I saw pictures from Boston College. They were wearing masks on the ice. Do they make you do that? Uh, Like, we have to wear, like, we're supposed to, but, like, we don't really. But, like, <laughs> when, we, when we're working out, we got to wear a mask, though. Okay, yeah. Working that's out fair. or running, stuff like that. But on right. the ice, we haven't yet. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. That's not terrible, then. No. All right. Awesome. So uh, we're, we're, uh, I read an article on eargrangers.com uh, about it – was, it was a January article, and they're talking about how uh, you grew up in Canada and um, your grandfather, his friend, was Gordie Howe. And I was very interested by that. So was he like your – he's like one of your role models, wasn't he? Yeah, I looked up, up to him uh, pretty much. Like, so whenever he comes to Toronto, he'd stay at my grandfather at his house. So I get to see him once in a while. And sometimes he'd, like, show me how to shoot or just, like, just being around him was pretty cool. Like, he'd come for, like, autograph sessions. So, like, he'd sign, like, a bunch of autographs in my house and then in my grandfather's house and then send it off to, like, I don't know, like, he'd to go meet people and give them autographs. So it was pretty cool. Oh, wow, man. That is pretty cool. So, uh, did you have, like, a favorite team or a player growing up? Uh, favorite team? I like the, Le- the Toronto Maple Leafs growing up. Pretty ah, big Leafs fan. Okay. Original <laughs> six. Yeah. Who do you think your favorite, squad now? Who's your favorite player on the Leafs? Uh, like, now? Or, like, overall? Overall, yeah. Uh, probably Matt Sundin. I guess. Oh, yeah, he's a good player. He's a good player. Amount. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was great. So I wanted to ask a little bit about your draft experience because, I mean, um, we see a lot of guys – we see all only the first-rounders on TV pretty much. We see how their their draft goes. But, I mean, uh, for you drafted in the seventh round, like, do you expect going then? Do you expect going earlier? Like, how, how does that work for you? Well, I, I went to the draft. So, like, I kind of had an idea. Like, I could get drafted. 
talked to like a lot of teams like before the draft, but didn't really like know what would happen. And I knew like even if I didn't go get drafted, I was like going to Michigan like as a true freshman. So right. at the draft, like the day before the Saturday I got picked, I met with the Rangers and had like a meeting with them. So that kind of helped me, I think, and had an idea that maybe they'd pick me up. And they did. It was a bit long waiting at the draft, like for, in the seventh round, but it was fun and good to be there. Like it's something you'll never experience again. Yeah, for sure. Just to be surrounded by those players. I mean, I grew yeah. up playing hockey too. That's like every kid's dream. Um, so yeah, that, that must've been surreal for you. Yeah. So I guess it wasn't really uh, like a, a, a true surprise when the Rangers did pick you because you had the interview with them, correct? Yeah, I think, well, I think just that waiting, that waiting period at the, like waiting for the seventh round, uh, I don't know, like they passed me on a couple of picks. So like, you always like look for that team coming up and like <laughs> maybe they'll pick you now and then they pick someone else. So uh, okay, and once I heard you. my name, it was pretty cool, but. Yeah, other than that, it was good. So, uh, in that article, you it said your grandfather was a scout for the Rangers. Yeah, a while back when, like, wow. Phil Esposito played on the team, so he was oh, a wow. oh wow Rangers for a bit and for the Oilers too. I think just in Ontario though, like where he would scout. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it's still that's really cool. Yeah. So when so, you got drafted, uh, yeah, go ahead, did you go ahead. did any of the like the players or guys from the organization like text you like do you have any skate with them? um uh not not really no but like we met like all the staff after and like the next day i went i flew to new york for rookie camp so it was like a quick was that? turnaround that was really good i had a pretty good camp so it was good to play against like higher level players and like we went against like adam fox and that uh their goalie uh Skirkin. yeah so it was, it was pretty good and then he's, he's pretty good NFL isn't he the next year yeah you score a couple on him and put a couple in? <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't really remember. <laughs> um, so I saw a video on YouTube of some of your highlights uh, when you were on the Junior Canadians. And uh, you're fast as hell. But I don't know I don't know much about you. Like, How would you describe your play style to other Ranger fans that haven't seen you play yet? Yeah, I think my speed is my biggest attribute. I think I try to use that a lot. Like, I'm not really the biggest guy or the strongest guy, but, you know, just try to use my speed and try to get to the puck and win battles in the corner. I think also my shot, I think, is something else that I keep working on and just got to try to keep shooting more. And I think that the, those two are my biggest assets. I'm just going to say, as a Ranger fan, I like hearing that your shot is a good weapon because yeah. the Rangers like to pass up on uh, <laughs> a lot of scoring opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you played last season in Michigan. Um, I mean, you said you've been there since August. How's college life been treating you now? It's a little different. A lot of, like, Zoom classes and not really going <laughs> to class, but it's still pretty good. We try to do as much as we can to have fun still and, I don't know, just – Try not to stay bored and just sit on a couch and watch TV or something. Uh, this is a personal question for me. So, uh, I are you Italian? Yeah, like, I am. Yeah. Oh, Both awesome. Italian. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Yeah, I saw your last name on the screen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask you this. Um, my my parents, uh, we own a pizzeria in uh, somewhere in New Jersey, 
and we're we're really into into that kind of stuff like trying out other people's pizza and stuff like giving it ratings and stuff yeah. uh not like the ones you see on bar school or whatever yeah <laughs> like what's your favorite pizza uh usually just like a, like a simple pepperoni pizza usually the pepperoni something simple yeah yeah what about you? have you ever had like um like a sicilian pie or grandma pie yeah, I think so. I think I probably have, yeah. Yeah, those that, those are my favorites. I'm Greek, so I just eat gyro all the time. That's pretty yeah. <laughs> too blocky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you've been playing hockey since you were a kid. Do you have any, like, good, like, memories, any any tournament wins, something that stands out, like, your favorite hockey memory? Um, I played in that, like, brick tournament. A long oh, time ago, wow. like okay. 2011, and we had a pretty good team. Like Jack Hughes is on my team, Phil Tomasino. A couple, like maybe seven or eight guys got drafted off that team, and then from that like tournament, like Caulfield was in it, Spencer Knight, uh, like Turcotte, Zegras. So all those guys, we had a pretty good group of guys in that tournament. So all those, all those guys were on your team. No, not not all of them, but like they're somewhere on like Connecticut. Spencer and I was on Connecticut. Turcotte and Caulfield were on Chicago. Uh, okay. was on Connecticut. So like pretty spread out. But you, you've played with uh, Jack Hughes before, correct? Yeah, I have. So how, like, how is that? Like he's the first overall pick. Like what's it like playing with someone of that caliber? Yeah, growing up was like pretty crazy to play with him. He was always really good and He'd always play a level up, so I'd only like play with him in the summers, and you play to come back uh, and play the same age. So, but it was it's pretty cool playing with him. Wow, that's insane! So kids knew he was next level from the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> all right, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for coming on, Eric. We really enjoyed having you. We wish all the best to you next season, and we hope to see you in red, white, and blue soon. Thanks for having me. Good time. All right. Let's get into some tweets, shall we? So yes, sir. I found I found like three tweets. Some people have some hot takes uh, on Twitter. We and have no hot takes here. Only yeah, ice cold, baby. Only ice cold because we're <laughs> always right. This guy, this guy on Twitter, um, David Shapiro, I guess um, he's a writer. I don't know. But he said, if... The Rangers won't make D'Angelo Truba pair. Then they must trade him. Lundqvist is better. Talking about Nils Lundqvist, our Swedish prospect blue chip defenseman. He says Lundqvist is better. I repeat, Lundqvist is better and cheaper and cheaper. Logic matters, folks. Let's be smart about this rebuild. <sighs> Man, people, I, 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 I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. How can you say a defenseman that has not played a single second in the NHL is better than the fourth highest scoring defenseman in the league last season? The guy hasn't played a single second, Kyriakos. Yeah, it's literally, I, I don't know how you could get away with saying something like that. I, I, I'm sure if you look at the comments on that tweet, it literally just ripping him apart probably because there's, there's literally no argument you could make for that. I actually saw an article today that was the up and coming of Nils Lindquist 
is making the Rangers think about trading D'Angelo. And I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like completely certain that the team hasn't thought about it. Right. Um, but it's definitely not the way I think they should go because you have a guy like D'Angelo, like you, you, after the season that he just had, you can't let him go. Like I, especially like we're pretty much done with our rebuild now, right? Like we're, we're getting into like, we're pretty much a cup contending team next year. You can't let a guy like D'Angelo go. Even if you do have the prospect of a guy like Niels Lundqvist coming in, like that only bolsters your defense even more. Like there's just no reason to get rid of D'Angelo when you have some guy that hasn't played, like you said, one second in the NHL, like you don't know how he's going to pan out. Yeah. He looks, he looks really, really good. And he looks like he's probably going to be a good player at the NHL level, but like, you don't know. And like, you, you definitely know what you're going to get from Tony next year. Michael Delzato looked good. Didn't he? (laughs) Tim Erickson looked good. Didn't he? And how did those guys turn out? Dude, exactly. Yep. They didn't last long. Delzato is kind of a weird player for me, at least. Um, I mean, he, he had some good seasons after he left as well. Boy of the team. Yeah, he was. He was. He, he was very bad defensively. Very, oh. very bad. I remember Torch sat him down, put him in his doghouse. <laughs> Who doesn't he put in his doghouse? Yeah. Seth yeah, I Jones. love Torch. Oh, okay, yeah. Seth I mean, Jones. Cause Seth Jones is amazing. That's why. That's like his child. That's like. I mean, he has a lot to learn, but like Seth Jones is has – progressed very well i think especially with a guy like zach wierenski like the two of them together that's that's going to be a solid pair years to come yeah columbus columbus fooled a lot of people this year a lot of people thought they weren't making it after all those guys they lost no oh yeah dude they lost everyone yeah duchene zingle who else panarin Uh, how could i forget panarin (laughs) come on bobrovsky what kind of disastrous season has he had yeah good thing they didn't sign him (laughs) oh my god 10 million a year and he's like one of the worst goalies oh yeah literally one of the worst all over again (laughs) roberto luongo no anyways someone responded to that d'angelo tweet he said a guy who's never stepped foot in the nhl is better than the fourth leading scorer amongst defensemen that's not logic that's hatred that's cap anyone that's cap is what that is there's no argument for this guy to come back with. Like you just, you just can't argue that. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know why people have it out for D'Angelo. He's great. He's, it's because of his political leanings. That's literally it. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not here to talk politics either, but like, no. it's just like the way that everything's going now, like you say one thing and you're just going to like get reamed out for it. Um, well, and Tony doesn't black and white people. Gotta exactly. Find yeah, Exactly. And like we've said before, like I don't give a damn like what you what you think. Like as long as you can put the puck in the net, like <laughs> I'm I'm fine with it. Just don't do what Austin Matthews did. What did Austin Matthews do? He pulled his pants down in front of us. Someone. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just don't dude, do that, dude. And that like, hasn't been brought up a lot after a it happened. I mean, <laughs> dude, I remember when that happened. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. Did he come yeah. out with a press conference after that? Like, I don't know. About but it? what did happen was Tavares was named captain and not Matthews. <laughs> that guy's not doing himself any favors with that pedo stash he has. Honestly, he kind of rocks it. <laughs> what? But the NH- NHL literally, I don't know what they – like. The, they literally only post pictures of 
uh, Austin Matthews fit. Like literally, like he'll be wearing like the, like just like a t-shirt and shorts, and they'll be like, "Oh my god!" Like look at Austin Matthews coming to the game today. He looks so good, like fit on fire. Like dude, calm down. Like he's just like wearing normal clothes. <laughs> like does everyone else in the NHL not have style that you need oh to like look at this guy? I mean, like look, he has style. Like yeah, but like you don't need to be posting about him like every five minutes. <laughs> right, right. All right, moving on to the next tweet. Um, some this one, this guy said something about um, the whole goalie situation. He says, "This is Greg Buckley on Twitter." I feel like the whole Shesterkin Georgiev combo is so overrated. If Shesterkin is going to start seventy to eighty percent of the game games anyway, no need to keep on to a guy like Georgiev for his value to only fall with less playing time. The only real thing. That's a that's a really good point. The only thing that I would have to say about that is the NHL is seemingly shifting towards uh, not a starter like starting goalie that will play like fifty sixty games for you. It's going to be an even split like 40, 40, 40, 42, 42. That's exactly what I was going to say when when you just read that tweet off. I agree with the fact that if Shishterkin was to play 70 to 80% of the games, it wouldn't be worth it to keep a guy like Georgiev on, especially when you have a guy like Lundqvist who's been with you for so long. But I think there's a lot of goalie tandems that have been working out for other teams that I think the Rangers are kind of model their like goaltending situation after. So I think that they're going to, kind of move towards like a 60 40 50 50 split maybe i mean shesterkin probably will get more of the games in but i think georgiev is going to play his his share of the games right like i don't think he's going to be sitting on the bench a lot um so that's the only argument i have towards that but also injuries too yeah yeah that too um, so you need a guy like georgiev to come and step in if shesterkin gets hurt right like and you could trust him with that Looking back, you can always trust Lundqvist in net, but like now that he's a little bit older, it's a little more of a risk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So having a guy like Georgiev to back up, like when something happens, like I, I would, I would want that. Like, so that's the only case that's the only in thing point. When Shesterkin got into the car accident this past season, Georgiev stepped in and did really well. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Yep. All right. So the last tweet I have here, uh, Billy McInerney. I guess that's how you say his last name. He said, so we still think McDonough suddenly sucked or are we finally realizing that AV, Alan Vigneault, of course, forcing him to play 25 minutes a night with partners who were either injured, useless, or both made him look bad. All right, so I don't know. This is like multi-layered because it's, it's hard, it's hard to, to watch Tampa Bay do so well because, you know, McDonough and Shattenkirk, they were ours and now they're not. And they were doing well. So it's hard. And Hedman is just otherworldly. He's so good. The fact that they're, those two are playing with, with him. I don't know about you, Kyriakos, but like, have you been watching the Tampa Bay? I watched, I watched this, this most recent series with the Islanders. I mean, I've, I've, I've followed them the whole, the whole playoffs. But, I, I mean, I've, I've been talking to you about this from the beginning. Like, we both said, like, this might be Tampa's year. Like, we think this is the year, like, Tampa gets it done. And you watch all their guys play, and they just look ready. Like, they, they've been through it all, 
and they know how to get through this point, and I don't think they're going to choke. I mean, we've said that probably previous years as well, and they ended up choking. But I think they've gone far enough this year, and they have, like, literally every single one of their guys is on fire. The one concern that I have is that point he's, like, in and out of games. I know he didn't play the last game, game five. Um, I mean, he might be back for the next game because he was kind of in and out, but um, that'll be a big blow to them. But they they have guys that can step up, like – Kucherov's always there. Gord is always in the conversation as well. Stamkos. Um, well, Stamkos has been just in the hospital. <laughs> oh, is he? I didn't even realize. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Stamkos is just yeah, he's gone. Um, but I don't know. I I don't see them them choking this year. And honestly, I I don't know how Dallas made it, dude. Yeah, I'm surprised they finished off the Golden Knights. They were, they were like, I, I looked at them in the Colorado series and I was like, these guys are going to get demolished. Colorado, there's no way they're not going to walk all over this team, especially with Bishop Hurt and Kudobin in that. But, yeah, there's I mean, no way Colorado's not going to walk all over. Yeah, Dallas, exactly. Right? Yeah. And I don't know. They proved me wrong. And I mean, they've been playing great hockey. I don't know. They've been playing really well. And they, they, <laughs> they proved me wrong. What can I say? There's nothing else to say. Like they've been just playing really sound, like defensive hockey, and they've gotten guys throughout the lineup to contribute. And I think that's why Colorado let that series slide is because they they just had to rely on McKinnon and Rotten like way too much. Like they missed their depth scoring for that like four five game stretch, and it, it'll it'll do you in in the playoffs. So I think that's why Dallas has gone so far. I'm excited to see what they do in the finals. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park for whoever gets there with them. It's definitely going to be a tough, grueling series. But I don't know. I, I honestly, I wouldn't count them out at this point. Like, I've counted them out for the last two series. I'm not going to do it this time. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's not at, like, a quick series in the finals. Like, I, I want them to be entertaining. Oh, yeah, exactly. And Like, last, I, year's, last year's finals were awesome. Losing yeah. Bruins. That's why, that's why I, was, I was watching the Islander game last night. And I wanted them to win as much as I hate the Islanders just because I wanted to see like a 3-2 series going into game six. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think Tampa Bay was like 5-0 and or 6-0. and Yeah, I saw, I yeah. saw that. Like when you go like that in the playoffs, like that's a really good indication that it's your year. Like you just refuse to lose. Like, it's right. like this, is our, this game that we're in overtime right now, it's our game. Right. We're getting the next goal. What happens though if the Islanders manage to pull out this W? Oh my God! Oh, don't even, don't even bring it up. Then we'd have people saying, "Oh, ha ha, we're better than you. You guys suck." See, but the fact uh, is, the Islanders like, Islanders are always better than the Rangers. Four cups in a row, yay! <laughs> That's why I literally don't understand. Actually, the four cups in a row argument doesn't make sense to me because that means that you literally had one team barring like maybe two like i don't know how many guys they lost along that stretch but barring like maybe like four or five guys that changed in the roster in those four four years like you had the same team that won you all four cups which means that every single other year in your history you sucked right like you had you you had a fantastic team yes all the all the pieces fit together for those four years but other than that like you've done nothing right true it's like good in and of itself to, to be able to create a team like that. But like, if you have constant success, I feel like that is much more worthy to me. 
Um, but I mean, the Rangers haven't had that either. So that team, yeah, the Rangers have had like one cup in like 90 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm not the type. This, 94 uh, and then 1940. Yeah. So I guess I, can, I can't be the one saying that you need continued success to be a successful franchise, but that, you know, but the Islanders, that, that team is solely dependent on the coach and Matt Barzell. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think I, I, I truly think that. I think a like, lot. Villiers and Eberle, they're good. Anders Lee's good. But, like, Barzell's, I think he puts that team on another level. And the coach, none of those defensemen they have would, would be, like, if they had a different coach, if, let's say, David Quinn was coaching them, they wouldn't be as good as they are with, with as if Trotz were coaching them. You get what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no way. I don't, I don't think that they have big-name players. Um, but they find a way to get it done. They play the style of play where they don't need those guys. But I think I literally think the only reason they're there is because Trotz. I think Barzal's overrated. Barzal's I, overrated a little bit. I, I think he's a little overrated. I mean, maybe not so much this playoffs because he has put up a lot this playoffs. But I mean, when people compare him to Zibanejad, I'm like, no way. But. Yeah, Trotz is definitely the only reason they got there. And before this, like, they, they, they had a really good regular season as well. And when people would tell me, like, yo, we're going to – like, Islanders fans, they would tell me, yo, we're going to make a huge – we're going to make a long run in the playoffs, I'm telling you right now. I was like, you have Trotz. Like, I, I understand that you can get there, but I feel like you're going to be, like, a first, second-round exit. Like, you're going to have a good team, but, like, you just you just don't have the players to – I'm to, surprised like, they made it this far. I didn't – Yeah. I didn't see much of the Islanders Flyers series. Maybe the Flyers were really outplayed. Oh my gosh, they didn't even show up for game 7. It was they, did, they didn't even show up, dude. What was the score? It was like 5 nothing, right? I'm not I'm, I don't remember the score, but yeah, But it wasn't didn't. a one goal game. No, no, that, no, right? no, it wasn't, yeah. But I don't yeah. I don't know. You, you know like the, to go back to your point about comparing Barzell to Zabanjad, that kind of reminds me of people that say Zabanjad's not a first line center. <laughs> We I think that argument's out the window we, now. That There's, argument is gone. It, a fun fact, fun fact. Um, when I made the highlight video for Sabanajad, yeah, posted it on our Instagram, I titled it hashtag not a 1C. <laughs> yeah. Because so many people are like, oh, yeah, well, Sabanajad's not a 1C. Uh, we, we're lacking that still. Like, at the start of last year, I'm like, he just put up 70 points for you. Yeah, and then stupid. this year he puts up forty goals. Yeah, that's stupid. The, he had the most goals per game. Can you I, imagine if he didn't miss that month? And what was it? October, November. Yeah, he would have had. And and we had the and we had the end part of the season. I mean, still to play. That was like thirteen games. You're talking pushing for that Rocket Maurice Richard Trophy. With, oh, for sure. Dude. With um with Ovechkin, whoever was in the lead. I don't understand people's logic. Like we talked about that, we joked about it, and we we always laughed before we made the, the blog. We were just like, "Yeah, yeah, bro, of course, sure." <laughs> yeah, not a one C. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> not a one C. Oh my god, what more does that guy need to do for you? All right, uh, last thing we want to get into: Vitaly Kravtsov. He's played five games on Tractor. I think it's Chelyabinsk. That's how you pronounce the name. Oh, okay. I see that pronunciation. All right. <laughs> um, played five games, three goals. That's pretty good for, for that league. Usually a guy, I don't know how many games they play, maybe like 40, 50 games. I could be way off. They'll have like <laughs> seven goals by the end of the year. And Kravzov already has three. 
and a guy on on Twitter, um, if any any of our followers have Twitter, I highly suggest you follow Alex Nunn. He's at AJ underscore Ranger on Twitter. He is basically not a scout, but he covers all the European prospects for the Rangers. So he has video of Nils Lundqvist, uh, Leas, Lisa Anderson, and um, a lot recently on Vitaly Kravtsov. So what I see here, I sent you a couple of videos. Um, Kravtsov's playing the body. He's getting in on the forecheck. Shooting is awesome. He's passing it. We talked about like, oh my God, he's a bust. He's a bust. Like, why isn't he in the NHL? And then we realized that, you know, Panarin wasn't in the NHL at 21. So, or, or Kuznetsov wasn't either. And look at them now. They're, they're some of the best players in the league. So, you know. Maybe maybe you really do need to 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 be patient with with a guy like him. Yeah, I mean, I I was listening to um, the Watch Your Tone podcast, Tony D'Angelo's podcast, when he had Lemieux on, and they kind of they kind of got into this a little bit, um, but just they they spoke like very broadly about it. They weren't talking about specific players, but they were talking about how Lemieux, when he first started out his career in Winnipeg, he was like, yeah, I mean. Uh, they, they sent me down to the AHL. I, I played a lot of games down there. And he was like, I looked at their roster and I was like, honestly, like if I, if I actually like see the, their fourth liners, he goes, I think I can contribute more to that team than those guys are. Right. Hmm. As a player, he was like, my style of play fits this team pretty well. And I think I can do a lot more for this team, even if I play six, seven minutes a night, right? He thought that he can contribute more to that team. And I mean, I think that every player kind of has that mentality, right? Like, uh, like obviously you're confident in your abilities. Like you, you think you can help out that team. Um, but, but I think having that, that time in the AHL, um, like Lemieux talked about it, he said, I look back at it and I'm like, I probably wasn't ready and give like, I, they know better than I do. So the fact that I played those games, like it wasn't the happiest time of his life playing down there, but like the fact that he had those games under his belt really helped him mature as a player and, and actually make an impact when he did make the NHL. And even Tony said it as well. He was like, yeah, like I, I really suggest every single player to go play down in the AHL um, to get some games in before they, they mm-hmm. get to the NHL. But you look at Kravstov and he's playing in the KHL, like, that's significantly better hockey than it is in the AHL, right? Like, I think we can agree yeah. on that. Yeah, I agree. And the only difference is that the ice is a lot wider. Right. And well, that... in, terms, in terms of play, like, other than it's a lot more challenging. Right. And that that's a whole other discussion to have. Like, the big ice brings in a whole other, like, element to the game. But, like, the fact that Kravstov isn't even playing at the AHL level right now, he's playing at the KHL level, which is much better. He's, he's getting like all the things he needs right now. And especially with the NHL not starting up now, I think it, it was probably the right decision to send him there. So, um, I mean, we all want him in the team. Like, I can't argue that. We all want to see him play on the Rangers. But, like, sometimes we just got to be a little bit more patient. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think I, I am, I'm excited for him. I'm very, very impressed by his play to start the season. Um, and – I hope that's what the player that's the player he's going to look like when he comes on the Rangers because um this looks different than I'll say it, yeah it looks different than anything I've ever seen 
just yeah, he's, he does so much. It looks like he kind of reminds me of Zuccarello. Like there's one play I keep looking at. Um, he steals the puck at the blue line and lays the body a little bit, then sends a like a beautiful pass to some guy in front of the net. The guy doesn't score, but it's a awesome opportunity. It's a great scoring chance. I think he got a rebound on it too. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing from Kravtsov. But I will, I will wait. I'll wait. I'll be patient. I don't want to rush this kid. Yeah. And we're definitely not. He's he should be an untouchable. If there's um, a guy that the Rangers are rumored to be going after in a trade, Jack Eichel. Um, if that ever <laughs> happens. with that. <laughs> um, Kravtsov's untouchable. I'm sorry. I'd rather give up Heedle than Kravtsov. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I would. I would. I think so. Okay. I don't know my take on that yet. I'll, I'll have I, to I don't, sit. I don't I'll have to sit and think. But. <laughs> but anyways, that about wraps it up for us. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at theboysandblue94. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.